alone in the woods. He had covered several miles before he realized that he needed to rest. He was hungry and thirsty, which he reflected was not surprising considering that he had channeled more magic than ever before in his life. At the very least he needed to drink so he wouldn't wake up with a bad headache and as a result be unable to concentrate enough to cast spells. He sniffed the air and caught the scent of fresh water, apparently not that far away. However, as he was alone, and thought that using protective magic might attract unwanted attention, he was very careful not to leave any avoidable traces that would let anything track him. Eventually he crept under a low bush to find himself overlooking a small depression in the ground at the foot of an old silver birch. A spring trickled from one face of the dip, the water flowing down into a crystal, clear pool. A rill flowed out of the opposite side of the hollow. Kathkin noticed a large stone that projected out into the pool and jumping onto it lay down to lap the refreshingly cold water. Once he had finished drinking, he continued to lie on the stone staring at his reflection. He could see no trace of the young inn, he admitted, very happy familiar he had been a few short days ago. He had delighted in pleasing his old master, a man who had not treated him as a bound servant, but as a friend. He turned his thoughts inwards and remembered how Lantrony had made some butterflies out of small pieces of silk then infused them with pseudo-life, so they fluttered around the apartment for his kitten to chase. Often the mage had carefully separated the best pieces of the meat he was given by the butcher, in exchange for a glyph of cooling for the tradesman's meat store, for his growing cat. The cat knew a moment of gut-wrenching sadness. Whatever happened in the future he could never go back to those simple happy days. Even if his master was released, sound in mind and body, Kathkin knew that he could never diminish himself by relinquishing his new power, even though, so far at least, he had only sipped at that particular goblet. Perhaps they could forge a new relationship in the future even though it would most likely be a lot more complex. After a few more minutes of this most unflying bout of introspection, Kathkin realized that part of his uneasiness came from an unfamiliar sense of loneliness. He was a city cat, born and bred. Even in quiet moments he was used to hearing the background susurration of thousands of humans living their complex, and noisy, lives around him. More than any normal cat he was used to running home and sharing his observations and his thoughts with a human friend. He missed their conversations, but most of all he regretted losing that indefinable sense of companionship, of home perhaps. A faint squeaking sound caught his attention and rising his eyes slightly he saw some type of rodent, a bit bigger than a normal mouse, leading what he took to be her young down to the pool edge to drink. Food, he reflected, had arrived. He half-closed his eyes to assess the rodents. The mother was the only one who would satisfy his hunger and it went against what Lantrony had told him to leave the motherless young to starve or worse. He watched one of the pups move out along a grass stem to reach the water, and noticed, delightedly, just how perfectly formed its paws were. There was something about this little peaceful dell, he thought, that should not be disturbed by any spilt blood, even that shed in the process of a clean kill for the sake of food. Although he was hungry, he decided to forego hunting while he was near this place. It was he reflected a sanctuary from the cares of the world, a safe place he might need in a hurry someday. He moved slightly to find a better sleeping position and heard a sudden squeak of fright. Kathkin opened his eyes to see the young rodents rushing back to their mother, all except one. As he glanced round the intrepid pup on the grass stem tried to turn round, but in its panic, slipped and fell. The current, weak though it was, proved to be too strong for the young creature and desperately struggling it was swept off towards the rill. The mother seemed to be frozen in fear, so Kathkin stood up and stepped into the shallow but very, cold water. Not understanding the sense of necessity that drove him he turned his left paw upside down and scooped the tiny creature from the water, his claws preventing it from falling back. With great care he took the little animal between his jaws and waded to the bank near the mother, where he gently deposited the creature. Returning to his rock, 
he sprawled in the sunshine, his back to the family of rodents, happy to dry out in the warm breeze. By the time he woke up and turned over to dry the other side the group had gone. He sat up, and fully content for the first time in several days started the long process of grooming himself. When he realized just how many tangles he had accumulated he contemplated casting a minor spell to release all the knots. He was about to visualize the spell when he remembered Lantrini castigating a customer who had relied on magic, which it transpired she had bought from several practitioners, to maintain her hair and had stormed into their rooms complaining of having developed split ends and alopecia. He smiled when he remembered that the old man had told her to either pile her hair over her scalp until the bald patches had grown out or shave her whole head. In either case he had told her to say that it was the latest craze in the royal court. He started licking and biting at his coat, willing to take his time to do it properly. A hairdressing disaster on a human might be passed off as fashion but on a cat, it would be just plain wrong. He was just finishing the tip of his tail, having started with his, when something subtle changed about the lighting in the dell. His whiskers twitched and there was a faint smell of lavender. He looked up warily, as he was obviously in the presence of unexpected magic, when a bell-like voice spoke from under the silver birch, Who are you Kath Rifed, I've never seen you at PWLL Arian. The cat looked in that direction and saw a small, very pale-skinned girl, with light mauve hair and piercing green eyes. She was wearing a simple belted dress, made from the pelts of small animals, and silver slippers. Although he had never seen them his master had told him all about the denizens of the realm of fairy. Kathkin remembered his warning they are beautiful, but fickle. They are by nature lying tricksters. Vain and quick to take offense. Any trade or deal they make, however favorable it seems, will ultimately be to their benefit. They do not willingly give gifts, but trade favors. However, when they freely make a promise, you can sure that they will keep their word, whatever the cost. Kathkin stood slowly and turned to face the girl, deeply bowing his head. Good afternoon to you, forest lady. I hope that I have not disturbed your peace. You are fair-spoken Kath Rifed and beautiful to the eye. In our law those who come here in peace are welcome. Those who don't never leave. His decision not to hunt here seemed in retrospect to have been inspired. The girl laughed her mirth was like the tinkling of small silver bells. You are both wrong and right Kath Rifed, accidentally you strayed into a part of our realm that exists in both worlds. She paused to run her hand down her dress before continuing. We accept that hunting is necessary to answer the body's needs, and even sometimes for sport. However, should you hunt without permission on our land then it will go ill for you. I can give you such permission if you want, so you can assuage your hunger? The cat almost nodded his acceptance before he remembered Lantrini's warnings, instead he met her eyes and replied, You are truly a gracious host, forest lady. I apologize for my accidental trespass into your domain. However, I have a promise to keep for an old friend and I will not hunt until I have left this sanctuary that you call PWLL Arian. I cannot keep calling you strange cat, Kath Rifed, as that seems impolite and a breach of hospitable behavior. I would call you by your given name so we can talk easily. Kathkin bowed his head slightly. She had tried to give him a name and then had used it thrice. This triple repetition had power and could have bound him to her will if he had been a mere beast and previously nameless, always provided that this dell was part of her realm. Forest lady, he replied, this time putting a small trickle of magical charm into his voice. It wouldn't work but two could play the same game. The base syllables of my name, coming as I do from a crude human city, would unnecessarily befoul your gentle ears. Just calling me cat, my species, as you can see, sounds so beautiful in your tongue, that it warms my heart. The girl laughed again. Perhaps after we have discoursed a bit, and our friends you will do me the honor of letting me give you a new name. One that suits you better. Perhaps you will share your name, 
it will undoubtedly be so beautiful that I will swoon with delight, since Forest Lady does not do you full justice. The girl's smile dropped for a moment and the cat saw an angry frown pass across her face, when she spoke again there was a faint discordance under the silvery bells. This Cathkin, reflected, might become very interesting as the girl didn't seem to like being thwarted. You are a welcome guest within our realm, the friendly tone in her voice was obviously false. You are very cultured Kath Rifed, for as such I know you, and you will no doubt agree that a polite guest gives their host a welcome gift? Undoubtedly, the invited guest should bring a guest gift since that is only polite. Should, however, two strangers meet by accident then no guest gift is necessary. If, by chance, you meet a stranger, in friendship, on your land, then the rules of hospitality suggest that a welcome gift can be freely offered to ease a traveler on their journey. Brute Clifer, she hissed, her beautiful face turning ugly as the light seemed to darken in the small veil. You come here as a trespasser and intrude unwanted into my peace. Our tradition demands that you make a small offering to apologize and appease my just wrath. Forest Lady, only a few minutes ago you told me that all who come in peace to PWLL Arian are welcome. Having said that you have confirmed that rather than being a trespasser I am an unexpected but accepted guest. Under no rules of hospitality do I owe you anything. However, I will willingly thank you for my joy at the beauty of your voice. With an effort the fay girl smiled and then in honeyed tones, spoke, we misunderstand each other, Kath Rifed, I was only asking a small keepsake so I can remember this meeting with pleasure. Our ways are strange to each other so strife, like the serpent it is, has appeared where only amity was meant. Sieskin's whiskers had started vibrating, and he could smell over ripe apples so he knew she was trying to charm him. I accept your apology, O oh gracious forest lady, as I have said I am used to the company of humans. They can be crude in their dealings, most especially, with those of a different race. The cat moved further out onto his stone so that fresh running water surrounded him on three sides, and he could jump into the pool if he needed more protection from her witchery. Kath Rifed, you speak with a wisdom that is surprising in one so young. I was surprised by you and, in my ignorance underestimated you and thus misspoke myself. People call me Anwil Firk, though Anwil will do among friends. What do your neighbors call you? To be honest most ignore me as they view my people as being unworthy of their time. Those humans who talk to me often shout Jerotophet at me. The girl's eyes gleamed with triumph, and the cat sighed with disappointment. Did she believe that he would give her a true name that easily? He wanted nothing more than to walk out of that glen, but he knew that she could befuddle his senses enough that he could be trapped within the fey realm. The only thing working for him was her youth, an adult fairy would have overthrown his magical defenses without any real effort. Then again, perhaps not as she had effectively welcomed him into a sanctuary. I have never seen a cat with such a beautiful coat. It seems to trap the light and I assume that you have traveled far. Let me call for refreshment so that we may eat together as new friends should. Gracious forest lady, please eat if you will. I have however determined that I won't eat until I have fulfilled a promise to an old friend. He gave me an incalculable gift and I would honor him. As you wish, Kath Rifed, my people understand such pledges. Perhaps you might stop here on your way back and we can share a meal in friendship as I would enjoy sharing your beauty with my friends. Kathkin nodded, but refused to make any answer in words that might be twisted to bind him. There was something he didn't understand about this girl's intentions. Until he knew what she wanted he was not going to do anything rash. I see that you are carrying a burden, the fay gestured towards the bag round his neck. It looks uncomfortably heavy. Why not lay it to one side for a while? You can take up your pouch when you leave more rested due to a temporary respite. That is graciously said, forest lady, and as you credit. 
I, however, undertook a duty for an old friend and cannot lay aside my trust until I complete my task. I would not hamper you in fulfilling your trust. Is that pouch human-made? I have not seen such pleasing workmanship on anything made by them before. I'm told that their short lifespans prevent them from developing the patience needed to produce truly exquisite work. She smiled winningly, I fear that my tutors were wrong, for that is definitely a masterwork. My old friend always told me that a real craftsman never begrudged the time needed to do a job correctly. You would have no objection then, if I just examined the workmanship more closely, for things of beauty are a delight to my people. With that the young fairy reached out towards him to take hold of the pouch. Kathka knew, with a certainty that surprised him, that she would try to twist anything he said into sounding like permission to take the pouch, and once she had it, he would never get it back. If he sat still, said or did nothing then she could say that his lack of a denial was proof that he acquiesced to her wishes. Standing up, he took a pace back so his heels were touching the water. Arching his back and allowing his fur to puff up, he bared his teeth and meowed no. The face smiled and he realized that she could twist it into proof that he had no objections to her taking the pouch. So he continued, his voice as loud as he could make it, although he admitted that as a ginger cat it still sounded like an outraged squeak, in no way do I give you permission to touch this pouch or its contents. The girl rocked backwards obviously shocked by the sheer vehemence of his rejection. Brave you may be, but you are not clever, FFWL Bach, do you not remember that I am of the Fae and as such I have full dominion over all woodland animals? Do as I wish or suffer dire consequences. I believe, I told you that I come from a human city. I think you will find that means that you have no dominion over me as I am not a beast of the fairy realm. The city I grew up in has gates studded with iron nails and bars of that metal are set in the wall so I don't see how you can believe that I am in any way yours to command. Fullbach, I called you an FWLLbach you are. When I have finished with you, what little survives can go by that name? You have tried to offer me food, complimented me and then resort to threats. My answer remains no. I made a vow by my own free will and I shall complete my trust. You are seriously deluded. You are, indeed, a beast, close cousin to the woodland cats, and you shall find that I do indeed have dominion over you. She raised her arms and her power, her hair whipping around her head as if blowing in an unfelt wind. Then she started to sing. Her voice was beautiful, and the song so involved that he always, afterwards, wished that he had understood it or could remember it clearly. Although it tugged faintly at his being, most of the magic flowed round him. She had seen his small reaction to the magic and a feral grin broke over her face. The song died away, and in the charged silence that followed he thought he could hear a distant voice raised in question. Once more she reached out her hand. Give me the pouch, now and of your own free will. Her voice was as sweet as the nectar of a Venus flytrap. No. The cat reiterated, enjoying the look of shock on her face. It was amusing he reflected, but the chances of this encounter ending well were rapidly diminishing. Lachati. She snapped releasing a small probe of malevolent power at him. The cat thought that she had just said something like curse you. Words that could be fatal for the object of a witch's ire. Fortunately, he was protected not only by his own magic, but also the pure running water that flowed past him. I am, he said chidingly, a guest that you welcome to this sanctuary. I have done neither you, nor anything else, any harm since I came here, yet you try to curse me? I will do more than try FFWL Bach. Her voice rose in a triumphant scream, any hint of musicality missing as she pointed at him. Her hair whipping as an invisible gale swirled around her. Eyes blazing, she chanted, Jerutafet, Jerutafet, Jerutafet. Thrice I've named you, three times and true. I bind you to my will. 
The shriek died away and she stood there panting a little but with smug triumph gleaming in her eyes. No. He purred, thrice I've denied you, three times and true. He knew that it probably wasn't a good idea to antagonize a fairy, but to be honest he was angry and her ever-increasing fit was by far the most interesting thing he'd seen for a while. Anyway, if she did have the power to hurt him, he would already have been a smoking pile of ash. How can you resist me? She sounded genuinely shocked, so he decided to treat that as a reasonable question. Hopefully, she'd calm down and leave him to his grooming. That much raw power had undoubtedly mussed up his careful work. I do believe that I might have been slightly unclear when we were speaking earlier. Jirutafit is not my name, just an imprecation the local fishmonger shouted at me whenever he saw me near his stall. It was said in anger, so it has less power over me than Anwul, a loving pet name I assume, has over you. More importantly, I am not a simple beast of the forest under your dominion, but a wizard in my own right. I hope that I need not remind you, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards for they are subtle and quick to anger. He met her eyes, for both our sakes, please leave me in peace because disagreements between mages never end well. For my part on will, go in peace. No. She seemed to delight in turning his word back on him. Now I understand why you can defy me, and in explaining you have proved just how stupid you are. Give me that pouch or I shall rend it from you. I don't think you will find that to be easy. He said mildly, desperately reviewing his small stock of spells in case she actually called his bluff. I will explain your folly human wizard. No doubt you felt that you were being clever when you transformed yourself into the form of a cat, although your vanity made you choose too extravagant a color. I wager that you are red-haired and arrogant in your normal life. You have made three mistakes and I doubt me not that they will prove to be your doom. Kathkin honestly didn't mean to mark an angry ant's nest, but at that moment he yawned. Disrespectful creature, these are your errors, hear me in despair. You didn't plan on entering the fairy realm, but here you are stuck in the form you wore when you entered and no magic you possess will let you transform back. When you decided to be a cat, you obviously knew that the animal's brain could not carry your spells or the magic to use them, so you built a cleverly shielded reservoir, and that I mean to own. As you are in a magical body, and I am immune to mortal magic so you cannot hurt me while I can do as I will. Finally, you entered our realm in a magical disguise so any welcome I extended to a cat has no power over me and will not protect you. She paused for a few moments, and he wondered if it was for dramatic effect, to give him time to consider his multiple follies or whether being so archly pretentious made her breathless. He was still pondering this when she continued. Give me the pouch and one hundred years of unquestioning service and I will let you live. Would that century be reckoned in fey or mortal terms? He chirruped, not that I intend to accept your offer, since an agreement given under duress is no agreement, but I think you should be precise in moments like this, lest someone twists your meaning later. You dare mock me? Once more she shrieked, and he thought the answering voice was much closer. It was obvious to him that this confrontation was going to end in violence. Kathkin knew he would be defenseless against a fey bow or sword. His one chance was for her to attack him barehanded, even though she was bigger and stronger, he was faster and more agile. When you earn my respect, you'll get it. At the moment, however, you bore me. He smiled exposing his fangs then growled out, if you think you can dispossess me of what is mine then I give you one single chance to try, and I shall use no magic in my defense. Out of the corner of his eye, he thought he saw a movement in the trees. One chance. Barehanded and no magic. Do you agree Fay? Agreed. The fairy screamed and came at him, an elf blade shimmering into existence in her right hand. Kathkin gathered himself and left. His teeth closed on the ball of her thumb as his front claws dug into her wrist. Even as he flexed to bring up his rear claws she screamed in pain and shook her arm.
both the elf blade and he ended up in the pool. He took a moment to duck his face into the water to ensure that any of her blood was washed from him. Then with dignity he clambered back onto his stone and looked calmly at her. The fae was staring at her hand and the blood that was flowing from her wounds. You cannot hurt me? Her tone was querulous, but the question was clear. You are immune to mortal magic, but not natural claws. That aside, the moment you reneged on your welcome, you became vulnerable should I have to protect myself from your attack. Protective magic can be rather tricky. But that means you are a cat. You said that you are a wizard. You have lied to me somehow. You have drawn my blood and by the customs of my people your life is forfeit. She took a deep breath then shouted, Modrid Koatyred come to my aid, for I have been hurt. So, I saw. Another face stepped through the last screen of bushes, her voice sounding like the sweetest nightingale. Kathkin turned his head and saw a tall fairy lady, a long green bow in her hand. Her raiment was reminiscent of the myriad shades of the autumn leaves. Golden eyes stared back from under wild silver hair. My greetings, great lady. Are you the one whom men call Diana, the wild huntress? If so then PWLL Aryan must be important to you and I beg your pardon for spilling blood here. It was never my intent. I only came here because I was thirsty and could smell fresh water. The sense of peace told me that I had reached a sanctuary. Kathkin raised a paw in salute and was startled when the huntress leant down and with a happy laugh touched her finger to his paw. You are a most courteous and well-spoken cat. Indeed, some men do call me Diana, but here and now I am referred to as Guarco Dracoatyred, but Gwen will do for ease. I wonder if I should call you Y Down Haired, my handsome wizard? Your niece called me Kath, it is small like me, so perhaps you would honor it with your voice. Mudrib. The fairy girl interrupted, aggressively waving her torn hand. This brute attacked me and drew blood. By our rules he should be slain. Kill him now, but cleanly, so that I can wear his pretty skin as part of my dancing dress. And no doubt you wanted to spoil his corpse of the item he carries in that pouch? He wounded me. Drew my blood so all he has his mind by right. Are you certain, Amul, that that is our law? Because I witnessed the end of your debate, although the whole forest heard much of your contribution to the conversation. Kathkin looking between the two of them saw a sudden fear cross the girl's face. From what I saw you were convinced that you could take something precious from our guest, for the simple reason you believed he could not harm you. He offered you one chance to take what he holds in trust, and you agreed to his terms. That wasn't quite what happened Modrib, you were not present for the whole of our encounter, and I. The older lady held up a finger and Anwil fell silent. With her other hand she gestured at the silver birch and to the cat's amazement, a mouth opened in the bark and he heard his own voice growling one chance. Barehanded and no magic. Do you agree Fay? Then the mouth moved again, and he heard her agreement. Anwil you made an agreement, yet the first thing you did was to magic a blade into your hand. I was moved by its arrogance to unthinking rage. The younger Fay was openly weeping. Modrib, please forgive me, I meant no harm. No harm, yet you would wear a guest of our realm on your dancing dress. What is that but harm? The lady turned to the cat, Kath, I saw what befell and absolved thee of all blame. I feel that we have failed her, that she should hold her law so lightly. I will discuss this with her mother but in the meantime a period of quiet solitude will do her some good. No Modrib, ask the guest if he pardons me for my folly. He is a polite and courteous being, so of course he would. Then in your anger you would wreck some petty vengeance. I will not place him at risk of your despite. The non-existent wind roared into the dell, buffeting the girl backwards until she stood, by the silver birch. Your sister's punishment ends in seven years, by fey reckoning, the huntress glanced at Kathkin and winked, before turning back to her niece. 
Until then you can keep her company and reflect on your folly. Your shade will make guests more welcome than your tongue. The magic surged and this time Kathkin felt the wind blowing dust into his eyes. When he had blinked them clear there were two silver birches by the pool. Come and join me. I would know your story and I would deem it a favor if you shared my lunch as I hate to eat alone when there is interesting conversation to be had. Thank you, when I am honored to be asked to share your lunch, in fact I deem your invitation to be a favor too. The fay lady laughed. Well said, young cat, you understand our customs, someone taught you well. Please tell me what you are willing to share of your story. I will not break your trust, and neither will these trees. She took a small pack off her back and settling back comfortably against one of her nieces proceeded to lay out a large picnic, of a size and magnificence that could not possibly have been stored in such a small bag. She caught his glances at the tree and laughed. Make yourself comfortable, she won't push you away, and she will at least learn some manners. I once insulted my grand dame and spent a summer as a weeping willow quite near a human village. My leaves hung so low that I became very popular with the young couples of the village. I never could look at them as mere mortal animals after that experience. Kafkin, who was missing company, decided to take her friendliness at face value as he thought that the king's allies would worry the fae. Buen listened attentively to his story pausing only to ask searching questions that caused him to remember little details that had slipped his mind. She was especially interested in the strange weapon and the goggles. She made him retell his encounter with the guard several times. There have been some strange happenings that our far scouts have reported. I must ask conference with our rulers, as I believe that this threat affects us as well. Your coming, I believe, has been a great boon to us. Suddenly, the dell seemed lighter, and a sudden silence seemed to spread all over the woods, then her musical voice rose and seemed to come from everywhere at once. A visitor came to us, and although he did no harm to us or ours, he was badly treated. Once the problem was resolved he did not act in anger but in open friendship shared news that is of concern to us all. I name this visitor friend. He goes by the name of Kath I command that you treat him as kin. The normal woodland sounds reasserted themselves and Gwen looked at his stunned face. She laughed delightedly, my friend you do not become a fey queen without learning a few tricks. I felt your presence when you arrived and cast an augury to see if you were a danger to us. Your name is important to you, so it was not hard to determine. You are now friend and you are in no danger from us, even my misguided niece. I feel that time is pressing and you should complete your mission this very night. I will take you close to the Solarian stones and leave you there. Once you have fulfilled your trust, I would suggest you keep moving away from the city and the sea. Once more she reached into the bag to produce an acorn carved from something that reminded the cat of amber. It hung from a small silver chain that she looped round his neck. Once you bury your trust, lay this upon it. Not only will it prevent any inimical being finding your pouch, but it will guide your friend here. I promise that we will aid him and, should you wish it, tell him where you can be found. He started to speak but she raised a finger. Now you are a friend we will make ourselves known to you every now and then. All I ask in return for any help I give you is that you promise to tell our scouts anything you learn that might threaten my people. Great lady, that I will willingly do for you. Now sleep, Fidlana Herod. For it would be best for you to be rested. 